Ready? You ready? Yeah, we can go. Let's just yeah. Okay, here we go. Here, ready? Right. I'm John Maltz. I'm Lex Friedman. <laughs> I'm John Armstrong. Welcome to the Testicles Are Not Dropping Yet episode. Turning this car around. John Moltz is dead, so he could not be here. He has He's died. Only partially dead, uh, from what mm. I. But I'm dead I, to I, us. I'm, dead to us. Well, maybe to you. I'm sad because <laughs> I, you know, he adds. We lost a friend. Yeah, he's just he's all the flavor. I mean, he's the flavor <laughs> of the show. I'm the steak, but he is the sizzle. Mm, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either. I think he's more steaky than you are, or me. Oh, yeah. I think we're both like seasoning, sizzle, some little oil in the pan, whatever. And then he's like. If I were a scantily clad woman in a calendar, I would be mistake. That's the kind of steak I am. Oh, hey, see what I did there? That summer camp really paid off for you, didn't it? Thank you. Um, you know, um, no, John John is fine, Mr. Moltz. He's okay. Mm-hmm. He just could not record today. It's okay. He's just miss holed up with his watch, completely just checking stuff out, like apps, yeah, notifications. He's, yeah, he's playing with his watch. Glances, hard no taps. What was it, was it called? Firm, firm press? What's the... Force touch. Force touch. Yeah. That's definitely what she said. <laughs> what was she talking about at the time? Uh, massaging. Yeah, you were missing the spot. Huh. And she's like, force touch it, force touch it. It's mm-hmm. not a sexual thing. It's just it's just for like... But she's really demanding. Like, maybe she could just back off and let me do my thing. <clears throat> God, this she. I hate her. Um, uh, so we had a fun thing today. Okay, go. We... Um, we uh, got a letter a couple days ago. Your daughter is one of 25 kids selected in the grade to do the um, academically talented program next year, which in our district starts officially in third grade. Okay. And all the kids from the, the school district all go into one school. They go into one class and they pick 25 kids. Mm-hmm. It's the top 5% of the class. And so that's exciting. And the thing is, it's only those 25 kids. And they're together for third, fourth, and fifth grades. There are three teachers, one for third, one for fourth, one for fifth. But they, all the teachers work with all the kids each year a bit. But there's one devoted to each year. And so you got the invite. And then there was this kind of orientation thing to learn more about it. For us, it meant switching schools. Some kids don't have to switch schools if they happen to already be going to that school where the academically talented classroom is. Mm. But most kids have to switch. And... So there's some apprehension, right? You didn't have to switch. Is it okay? Whatever. The kid hears about the switch and was like, wait, but what about all my friends? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. tough shit. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the orientation and it was great. You know, they said wonderful things. They, you know, they didn't say, hey, this is a shit show. <laughs> was your and daughter part of the orientation or just yes. parents? Oh. Parents and kids alike. Yeah. So she got to go and see what it's about. Right. And she got to see, oh, this other kid from my class who's in my reading group. There's two kids in her reading okay. group. Um, he's there. Uh, another friend also from her, her class is potentially going, but still hasn't decided. Her mom hasn't decided if she's okay with it. Mm. And that's the whole thing is like, even there, uh, you know, some parents were saying, asking questions like, well, what if we said no this year? Could we do it starting in fourth grade when we think they're a little more comfortable? And she's like, well, if, if we have fewer than 25 kids by the end of the year, then we can top it off at 25 again. Mm-hmm. But it goes to the top X percent mm-hmm. and it's whoever's, you know, it's the top one. If we have right. one opening, the top one gets in. So right. I can't promise you. 
Um, so it's a whole thing. And so I thought it was interesting though, that some parents are concerned and you know, the thing they say, which I totally get is, you know, it's, <laughs> they're, they're not comparing themselves to Harvard, but it's the same thing. <laughs> where like the kind of kids who go to Harvard, uh, feel less like kids who go to Harvard once they're at Harvard, by which I mean, when you're surrounded by Harvard caliber kids, you're no longer necessarily the brightest one of the bunch. Mm. And so that's, I think one concern that some of the parents have is like, this is going to be harder. This is going to be a lot more work. And, uh, little Susie might not be the best anymore. And, uh, yeah. you know, how is she going to take it? How yeah. am I going to take it? Whereas I don't give a shit. I'm like, she needs to be in a room with smart kids. And so let's do it up. You know, um, but it's interesting. So where, where I, are you guys? Are you still then to set your, deciding or have you made a, we, made a call we we had already signed the paperwork and sent it back before the open house day. <laughs> so <clears throat> literally kid so you're we, going the end have a nice day yeah okay well and i'm just excited about it now, so it'll be good so d- were you or your wife part of any kind of you know academic anything yeah. when i did it it was pull out so you did regular <laughs> class some of the day that does then. not work you're so gonna get pregnant yeah it's bad method bad method mm-hmm. uh, and when i did it was called pep and mm-hmm. I loved pep. Like, getting, and you spent a lot of the day in pep, mm-hmm. but you still also had to do the regular classroom stuff. But this is like a standalone class doing its own thing. And like, they're like, so we'll do fourth and fifth grade math, and we'll do fourth and fifth and sixth grade English. And it's like, wow, that's cool. And then in fourth grade, they're doing it even later, and fifth grade, they're doing, you mm-hmm. know, so it's it's cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did the pep, and it was fun. And I still remember using the uh, tangrams. Is that what they're called? I don't know. You're, you're of another generation, so I don't even and know. Let me Google the tan- – yeah, it's totally tangrams. So if you Google tangrams, you'll see what it is. But you know, where you, the, the funny shape things where you have to put them together to make oh, other shapes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, gotcha. I did those. I did a paper on colorblindness. I had to invent an animal. I loved all that stuff. It was fun. That's pretty and good. Lauren that sounds eat. awesome. Yeah. That doesn't and sound Lauren, like you know, you're like solving for the square root of zero or no, whatever. No, it definitely it – it, like, it was like because you're nerds, let's see how creative you can be was the message I took from Pat. So, so there's and no like, Fermat's theory or whatever like you know, you're not like diving no. into Foucault so, or – what was interesting that I remember, and this is all coming back to me as we're talking about it, is it was supposed to be everything, right? They were supposed to hit all the curriculum areas. Mm-hmm. Curriculi. Math, <laughs> yeah. The math stuff, I was like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not a math guy. <laughs> the math stuff, I was like, this is harder than my regular math, and I don't like it. I'm not good at math. And I don't know that they did the right thing. Like, they could have said, no, you are good at math. Just, it's okay that you're struggling. You know, you many things come easy to you. This won't come as easy to you, but you can still do it. But instead, they were like, hey, if you don't like the math part, just don't do the math. <laughs> And that was that was the hippie commune answer. Sweet. So Pep uh, sounds like it was pretty awesome for you. Yeah. And Lauren did this actual AT program. She was in this school district. Like she did this thing that I was going into. Oh, it wow. wasn't the same back then. It was different, but same idea. Same idea. So um How about you? Okay, you so John? when Lita Lita read very early. She knew her mm-hmm. letters and numbers very, very early. And based on Even seven, seven's hard. Did she know seven? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm no, no, no. Like the best part was that she didn't think that LL together, like the word yellow was spelled Y E 11 O W. And that's a three. Yeah. Right. So she knew enough of the letters. I mean, it was crazy. So plus her attitude and everything, the way she kind of, she seemed to be gifted and you know, gifted kids can be unique. They, they can be um, kind of socially more awkward sometimes or, um, kind of be super focused in one area. Like I really like whatever, you know, I love um, the stars or astronomy or, you know, whatever it is like magma, lava, whatever that kids who are gifted tend to be super focused in one kind of, they really are. They love this one topic and wasn't sure. I kind of, you know, I was like, well, like she might be, 
And so for kindergarten, uh, when it was time to go to kindergarten, they had a district test and the preschool teacher was like, you need to take her there. She needs to be in an advanced program because she's so ahead of the curve in terms of reading and her thinking. And so of course we're like, Oh hell yeah, we got a brainiac kid. She's going to kick ass and like invent new things and you know, whatever. Awesome. And the math part, uh, they changed that year Mm -hmm. and it killed her. Plus she was extremely nervous. Like this was very nerve wracking to her. And so she didn't get in. And one of her classmates who was also kind of ahead of the curve at the preschool, she didn't get in, but her parents were like bullshit and had her, they had her redo the test and redo everything based on the old test and whatever. And then they got her into the program. So the the public school, like whatever magnet school or whatever it's called. um, And I think it's called ELP in Utah. Okay. Uh, And I don't know what that stands for. Something about extra learning or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure we can Google that. Educated losers, procrastinating. Uh, That's me. That was my life. Um, Mm, Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it's great. But um, anyway, she didn't get in, and we went back and forth with it, and then we started looking at other schools, and we're like, well, maybe, you know, whatever. So now this year for fifth grade, her fourth grade teacher, I asked her about that, and I said, look, because in Utah, they don't do it till fifth it's kindergarten you're in at kindergarten and then again you can you have a chance to get in at fifth grade i think if you were really crazy smart they'd probably say listen this kid's super bored here really smart let's talk and see if we can't work something out however um yeah lita you know lita's a smart kid but um we asked her about it and she made a choice and um, she didn't test. You had to test to get in, and she just didn't want to do it. So interesting. No, I get it. And like, you know. in the, what's nice with the way that this our school district does it is, uh, you don't. There's no specific test that's just for that. It's only judged based on tests that every student takes, regardless, because it's like the the right. state mandated test and everything else. And so they look at your linkit score and they look at your just overall academic performance. And then teachers make recs, but it's it's basically all numbers driven. But there's no specific application process. It's just right. all second grade teachers evaluate. So there's no like extra special test. Correct. Yeah. See, that was the thing. They 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 had you had to do a special test and interview and. Um, it, it just seemed like, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I kind of feel like the right, like not sending Lita there was smart because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just think, you know, she's got enough on her plate. She's really good pianist and I'd hate to see school kind of take away from that. But I also, you know, I don't want to, I want her to have all the chances in the world of having a great education. So it's sort of. I get the thing with the parents, though. I have to say, I kind of get the, oh, can we send them this year? Um, however, I like the way your district does it. I like that. Yeah, you know, it's not it's a, nice. It's not a secret special test that we like, hey, some of the kids are going to go in this other room and we're going to have some, you know, like, it's just, hey, we're going to all take this test and go. Um, okay. Uh, so have you sold it to your daughter? Is she in? Like, have you said you're going? Yeah, oh no, she knows. And at first she was nervous. Mm-hmm. And then we said, like, here's all the things you're going to do and here's why you're going to like it. Like, Anya's been treated specially by teachers. We've been lucky with good teachers. In mm-hmm. first grade, mm-hmm. her teacher was giving her chapter books. And in second yeah. grade, her teacher yeah. was giving her, like, you know, War and Peace war or whatever piece. the hell. Yeah, sure. And um, 
So we're like, look, you're not going to always. And right now she knows she's always doing something different. Like the kids go home with spelling homework and they're like, Anya, you write a story. And so she likes that. But she also knows like I'm never doing the same things as the rest of the class. Yeah. Uh, and so we said like, this is going to be everybody gets to do those kinds of things. Like they're going to know that you guys can are, are a little bit further along than some of the other kids in your classroom. And they don't like isolate them, which is great. You know, they have lunch with another, at least one other third grade class. There are, there are programs that they do together where like the, at gym time, they join up with another class and mix the classes up and stuff. So it's like, they're not only with, it's like nerds, the nerd which class. I say lovingly. <laughs> right. And they, it's like, Oh good. It's the kids we can beat in dodgeball, <laughs> dodgeball <laughs> again. Traumatized they, for life. They didn't call it out that way, but they specifically said, and we mix up the classes. Like when they meet for gym, we mix, they, they are mixed. <laughs> like it's not one third grade class against the or third. It's not hunting season on the nerds. We, we can see the physical physiques of your children, mm-hmm. and we understand. We understand. They didn't that say that they tend to lean a certain do. direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so she got. She's excited uh, about it now. Okay, um, good. Her closest friend, who would be going, so three kids in her class, including her, who are eligible. Mm-hmm. She and the boy are definitely going, and then this girl, who she's very close with too, because they are similarly academically talented. The mom's on the fence. She's nervous. She's like, what if it's hard for her? Or what if she misses her old school? So there's that whole thing. I think the girl will end up going. Here's the other thing. The other predicament. Mm. If you're, so now next year, Sierra will be in first grade. Anya will be in third grade. Mm -hmm. Sierra would be going to the school that's very close to us. And Anya would be going to this other school. It's not far. It's, you know, 10 minutes tops, but a different school, different start time, Uh, different end time. If your kid is in the AT program, mm -hmm and you have younger siblings, you can get them authorized to go to the same school. They could go to this other the school. same school that I'm going to be in okay. and just be in the regular classroom there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we should do that. It's more convenient. Right. And my wife is like, well, no, we shouldn't because here's, here's the rubs. Okay. Ready? Okay. Number one, the superintendent will only allow your younger siblings to be bused for as long as your kid is in the AT program. Uh. So when, if Sierra didn't get into the AT program and who knows, then when Anya was in sixth grade, so three years from now, Sierra would have to switch schools back, back. to the one we're zoned for. Uh. And so Lauren doesn't love that. Whereas I'm like, whatever, it's, it's kids in school, like one or two days in, they're like, Oh, I made new friends now. Yeah. You know, at that age, I, I had a situation growing up where in third grade, the start of the third grade year, I went to a different school and it wasn't because yeah. we moved. It was because the school district said, we don't want kids walking to school. Cause back then kids just walked to school. We don't want them to cross this very busy intersection where a child was hit by a car. We don't, and mm. you know, God forbid we actually hire a crossing guard. Uh, no, instead we're going to put in buses. So we got bused to a different school. And some of the kids that went to that school were actually, I had had kindergarten with them at the previous school that I was coming from. So I knew people at the new school, which was kind of cool. I didn't expect that. And so we got to catch up and it was kind of fun, you know, talking about the olden times. But, um, it, I actually liked the newer school. I liked riding the bus, um, I like the bus stop. I learned a lot of stuff at the bus stop. A lot of stuff in that line, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, you know, it was cool. But then they, they changed back. And then my sister, who was four years younger than me, she went, she moved the other way. So when, when she was in first or whatever grade, she got moved back to the other school. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she hated it. Like she was so bummed and it was awful. 
And I get it. I, I had a horrible second grade teacher. Did not get along with her. She was crazy. She was, you know, telling people to boycott stores that were open on Sundays and all kinds <laughs> of manner of insanity. And so, oh boy, yeah, did not One get along. The free spirited John in second grade who just wanted to like have a mellow time and not get harshed. Yeah. She, I understand. She was not there. That sounds so, rough, man. So I, I get your thing. So you're saying, okay, we're going to have kids going to two separate schools. What about Liam? What's his, what's going to be the story there? You're going to send him to the, uh, you know, there has been extensive debate. Well, so he can't go to any of those schools yet. Right. He still needs one more year, one more year. of kindergarten mm-hmm. and, or no pre-K. <laughs> pre-K. And, he he needs to have a uh, he's got a pre K here and so there's debate over whether to do the school Lauren works at that he's gone to for a while or take him to the other school that both of my other kids ended up going to for their final mm. year. Um, he's probably gonna go to the one Lauren goes to even though it's not what I want. It doesn't really matter. It's pre K. Yeah. It's not like he's gonna learn more at one than the other. It's not like a, a feeder school for Harvard, <laughs> kindergarten yeah. to Harvard. Like yeah, second yeah. grade you're in Harvard. That's not so happening. Is what you're saying? Right. Okay. No. Yeah. So Liam's mostly out of this equation. Um, but, and so the, uh, so the other interesting data points were like, well, you know, most kids, most younger siblings do end up coming mm-hmm. and we find that, you know, more than 80% of younger siblings of AT students end up getting accepted into the AT program. It's not that they're legacies. It's just that whether genetics or mm-hmm. environment or whatever the hell right. else it whatever is, whatever the things like, are, right. They, they seem to get in sibling rivalry. Right. But Lauren's like, well, there's 20% issue. We're not going to go, we go back. We got to go to the other school. And it's like, let's not worry about it. I just did Conan O'Brien's imitation of his producer mm-hmm. as my impression of my wife. That's uh, uh, that's what I did. Very flattering, and well, I'm sure she appreciates well, that. Can't do it. Would be good. Um, so, <laughs> just like her, by the way. Lauren, actually, she's here. Lauren, come over to the mic for a second. Okay, what do you want? What am I doing? Why am I on the show? That was my <laughs> pretending that Lauren was on the show. That's pretty good. That's, just like that's my great. Um, so Lauren is a man and also Jackie Mason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. So I don't know. I, at the very least, I can know this, that Anya is going to have a fantastic uh, trio of well, years there. Well, you know what? Congratulations. I, I'm, it's been, what, 37 minutes into the show, and I'm not even, like, haven't said that. So congratulations to you guys. That's great. I, I will you. tell you the absolute truth, and I mean this with full sincerity. I, I hope it doesn't sound humble braggish. I, I truly take no credit. Like, I feel fortunate and lucky to be her dad and you know if i can feel proud that hey some of my genes worked out that's great but she loved books you know you t- like you talked about leader she loved books yeah. from infancy she read when she was three and yeah. she is always reading whenever she possibly can and i think that kids who read that early and that aggressively mm-hmm. tend to do well academically not 100 percent of the time but i think the venn diagram of academically talented kids and kids who read obsessively for that young has got to be very close to looking like, you know, a single circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I have to say, I kind of agree with that. I think, although uh, we're bumping into the math stuff and there's some struggles there, I have to say. So. Oh, yeah. Well, no, math is bullshit. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Said the person who went into tech is a career. <laughs> I got out of it, though. Oh, you did. You did. I was like, all these numbers... XOR my ass. yeah, but as a you know as a salesperson, you're doing spreadsheets and stuff, so whatever or not, or you're like have your lackey do it, whatever you're first. right. I make lackeys do the spreadsheets, and I just actually it's the developer side, right? I'm like anytime there's math that I have to do, I'm like, hey, let's build more tools. To do <laughs> <laughs> Can we have our developer do something with that? Like the person who really exactly. knows what's going on. It's the way to do it. Sure. So what else is going on? How are your kids? How's everything? Uh, good. Good. That's great, man. I had a great weekend with them last weekend. The weather was awesome in Utah, and actually, I'm going to go out for Memorial Day, and we're going to go up to my oh, sister's nice. cabin. 
hopefully I'm going to be able to take the bikes up and we're going to be able to do some riding. Maybe I can get Marlo kind of trying to ride a bike this time. We'll see. Talk to me about the cabin for a second though. Okay. I feel go here's the, yeah. here's the question. And this is nothing to do with this is, this does have to do with parenthood and fatherhood mm-hmm. because it's like, how do you as a father know we should get a cabin? Okay. <laughs> and what I'm getting at is this. Every once in a while, the conversation comes up with the Freedmen's like, maybe we should get a lake house or something or a vacation home. Right. But if you do that, it's, you know, a big expense, obviously. You have to not just have the place, but furnish it, take care right. of it, whatever. Right. But then it's like, don't you now feel pressure that every vacation you've got to go right. there? Right. So this and is never going to vacation. Here again? is where my sister is, they, they were very smart. What they did was they pooled together with, I think, 10 other families. Wow. And they, that way you're, you're, you buy in at a certain rate. And then you pay a fee to stay in, and that's kind of like an uh, uh, not an endowment, but like a escrow or whatever to kind of keep mm-hmm, your you know mm-hmm. keep the house maintained. And then you get uh, you know a certain amount of like a week a year or whatever, uh, not a week a year, uh, a week every so often. So um, I'm trying to think how they work it, but oh, it's like some kind of rotating schedule. Yeah, there's a rotating probably, schedule. If there's and ten so, families, then like it's ten in a row, and you can just wait until your cycle backs or yeah. trades. So like I think that. it's like every three months, basically, and then it just and then it just moves along through the year. So we now, we have the cabin during party? this time. It's like a timeshare. We have it during this time, and you know, my sister is very gracious and like, come on up. So um, and Lita, I think, has very fond memories of going to. It's not even a cabin; it's a house. We call, we call it a cabin because we're we're leaving the city and we go to a more rural area, but it's like it was built in like 2006 or something or seven. So it's like a new construction, three floors. It's awesome. And it's, you know, it's a couple hours out of Salt Lake City. So, well, so let me ask you this though. Are they, are they, do they, do these 10 families own it or are they paying some third party? Oh, no, no, no. Like, they, they, I think what they did was I, I'd have to talk to my, my, my sister about this and or brother-in-law because I believe what they did was they formed a corporation that bought the house and, wow. and you buy shares in the corporation. That's I believe crazy. it's kind of like a co-op situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So uh, that should be our next business, John. We'll do this. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it as a business. Like, well, so uh, vacation homes. So what, what we would have to do is go out and find families who want a vacation home in a certain geographical area and then group them, clump them together in a group and then pitch them on, here's what it's going to cost you to buy in. But we're the third party, so we could charge extra and then just like roll around in the money, is what you're saying. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Simple as that. The hard Boom. part, I guess, is do you want to co-own effectively a home with strangers? Well, <laughs> it might work better with So it, it, in my sister's case, I believe these are people that go to their church. So they know these people. Or they live in the neighborhood. I, I'm, I'm oh, not so entirely this is the sure. Oh, the Mormon I, side of the family, though? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So is that if, like, do you have to do grace before the meals and stuff? Well, we would do that regardless. I mean, oh, I didn't know my that. sister. Okay. You know, they, they, yeah, they bless the food. Uh, no, what I'm saying. Do you bless the food? Um, you know, I think there's a certain amount of incantation I do uh, prior to eating, but I don't wouldn't necessarily call it a, a prayer. It's more is it like more like a rub it up dub. Thanks for the grub situation. Mm, it's more like a. I hope to God I clean this good enough, and that when I cooked it, it's there's no you know botulism or salmonella or you know. Like so it's, that's, yeah, it's, the, it's the no salmonella. Mm-hmm, you get it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. like the sort of the raw food anonymous, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so I think Lita has a fondness for the cabin because it's where she's she spent a lot of time there, and it was one of the first times that we went somewhere with her, like back when I was uh, still with her mother. We, we mm-hmm. went and like there was this time we went and we didn't see her for two days. 
she just disappeared downstairs and there was all the kids were down there. It's cause like, you know, even though my sister's kids are all adults, um, they like hang out and play video games. And I think there was this time, a couple like, Oh gosh, what was that? 2000, maybe 2012. And I could see that Lita didn't want to be around me. Like wow. I could see the separation. She wanted to like spend time with the bigger kids not with you and before like the time we went before she was like dad 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 and you're like right come down i want you to be with me you know be, be by my side no matter what we're doing which is fine you know I, i'd be with her and then i'd kind of sneak away or whatever when she was distracted because you know she should be independent but um right. and have her time but uh what what happened this, that time and then this last time we went up uh was, i think it was around this time last year took the bikes up and Lita, I got Lita riding a bike. So I think there's kind of like the special relationship she has and memories she has about the cabin. Right. And Marlo, I think just likes to go up there and be silly. And she's kind of gets a lot of attention because she's the youngest and the silliest. And she's, she's awesome. She's, she gets a little crowd pleasing, you know, situation going. That's fun. It's good. So that's the end of the month. That's Memorial day. That's our Memorial day. Got a big summer coming up. It's awesome. I, uh, we're still figuring out exactly what the summer travel plans are going to be like. Yeah, you guys get like three weeks there. for summer, don't you? I mean, you're, you're out like end of June or something. And then what you got like five weeks, then you're back to school. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got most of June, all of July and all of August. Wait, most of June. Let's describe that for a second. Cause I don't know when the last day my kids get out. Like I think the, in the first part of June, um, mine, I think it's mid June this year, like June 12th or something. Okay, so that's not so bad, but like June like 30, you know, 8th right, or something. June, June 38th would be bad. But no, they get August, uh, they get July and August, they get some September, so it'll be good. Okay. Um, but, so we don't know exactly what all the summer plans are. We, we know that mom and dad are going on vacation without the kids. Mm. And so they get to stay at grandma. So the kids like that, right? It's They're staying at grandma's house, it's their own kind of vacation. How does grandma feel about that? She's fine. I mean, she just puts on videos all day. How much are you they, paying her for that? nothing awesome. but the kids go to camp and we signed liam up for an extra week of like a gymnastics camp that week so that grandma could dump him off more during the mm. day. like not in a, not in a negative like i can't possibly watch him but like she has other work to get done too sure. so well, this way and plus i mean you know he's a growing boy and he has a lot yeah. of energy and it would be great he's too. got a stretch it's good yeah um but i have a lot of traveling of my own looking at the calendar just over the next Mm-hmm. few months frankly mm-hmm. i got work travel in may work travel in june yeah. i'm doing a conference in germany yeah. in june what what are you uh, doing in so, germany what oh this has been booked forever i tweet about it sometimes but you don't, I don't read everything like, i'm never on twitter anymore i seriously I, I have so dropped off twitter you are all app.net all the time but <laughs> so what's that other thing porch or something yeah, like that? i don't even know no um, slack no not slack i know i know i know i know the other thing the uh Objective Cologne. I'm going to Cologne, Germany to speak at the Objective Cologne conference as the keynote speaker, no less. What? Oh, they yeah. are making a huge mistake, I have to say. Ah, no, no, seriously. What, what is it about? What is my keynote about or what is the conference What about? is the conference? I'm guessing it's some sort of developer thing. Yeah, yeah. It's International Cocoa Swift Conference at the heart of Europe in Cologne, Germany. Mm. Ten international speakers, three awesome days with the greatest cocoa folks. <laughs> diners and beverages are included in the ticket price. I don't think there's actually diners. I think they mean dinners. Dinners, you're right. You're right. It's typo. German to English. Typo, fine. Uh, be inspired, discover, exchange, network, share, learn, code, listen, laugh. At night, grab a beer or a wine, all in the beautiful city of Cologne. 
uh, and all the conference is in English. Thank goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> as I could say, wait a minute, wait a I minute. speak a little German. Do you do swift and, you know, objective C development? No, I'm there in a different perspective. I'm there to talk about, I have come from an Apple background, as you may know. John. I've heard of that. Yes. So I'm familiar. We're talking about learning from Apple's mistakes, inspiration and ideas, ideas mm-hmm. that developers ideas. can take. Uh-huh. I, ideation mm-hmm. that developers can do based on how Apple has responded to its own mistakes. Sometimes doing what Apple didn't do and sometimes doing what Apple did do. Ah, uh, so like don't develop a cube. <laughs> right. Don't do a stupid yeah. puck mouse that's horrible. The, the puck mouse is in the talk. Apple's response to maps is both. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Like at first, Apple's like with the shitty, uh, you know, maps and whatever it was, iOS 6 right. or something, they're like, hey, you want it to get better? Just keep using it. The more people use it, the better we'll get. And like, just keep using our shitty maps and they'll eventually get better. Not the right way to handle a mistake. No. But then a couple days later, Tim Cook's like, we know people are having trouble. Here's some other great apps. Google's got one and Microsoft's got one and there's MapQuest and there's this and that. So go use one of our competitors for now while we're figuring shit out. Also, PS, um, I'm firing a shit ton of people. Right. Now, I'm not saying that every single developer can go out there and say, hey, just use my competitors if I have a problem. But, you know, owning a problem, coming up with mm-hmm. solutions, recognizing okay. it's a big deal, All that's right. the right way. So stuff like that. It's great. It's a great talk. So you it's just saved well me received. like, what, three grand or something to, from going to this thing? You should still go. Uh, OBJCGN.com. Mm-hmm. They sponsored this episode, by the way. Um, oh. But so I'm doing all these trips. Okay. And it, with the exclusion of that trip, what I've been trying to do recently for work travel is make the trips as short as possible. So like earlier this week, I went to Austin on Sunday night. Oh God. I came back on Monday. I was in Austin for 15 hours. Oh yeah, I've had those. They're weird. It's crazy. And it's like a four plus hour flight each way. Right. So it's eight to yeah. nine hours of flying, yeah. 15 hours there, seven of which I spent sleeping. Because <laughs> um, I went there at night. Yeah. And like I'm doing these over and over again because I'm trying like every time I drive to the airport in my electric car I'm like and the cats in the cradle in the yes I heard that on your time. daily lux I heard that that you were talking and about that yeah, and I get it bad. I totally understand that actually I've had the same thing like that was one of the things about moving to New York that was really tough is that you know it's that you have a limited time with these kids and when they're kids Right? right? Like tomorrow, like, I'm going to miss Marlo's kindergarten, whatever it is, share time, whatever. Oh, and I'm like, oh, shit. You know, and I had gr- a great time. Like I try to really, mac- when I'm with the girls, there's a, a little bit of time where it's like, just hang. Like we're, we're not, yeah. there's no structure. We're just going to hang out. You do guys do what you want. Like if you want to play the iPad, great. Just don't watch crazy YouTube videos with cursing. I, I don't know if this is like the... This, this is probably a shitty thing to say. So I know that I mean it only in a non-shitty way mm-hmm. and that it does. And my hackles shitty. are already up. So but to whatever. me, that's like, that's the one silver lining of your challenging, um, what custody situation is because your time is more limited with your girls. You are so present during it from everything you described. Yeah. And I think that part is awesome. It, it, like it, I'm sure if you could pick, you would rather just have more time available, even <laughs> if it would mean that you were less present for some of it. But uh, the fact that it is more structured or, or limited, time limited, makes it more, you're, you're treating it more valuably than I do most of the time. I think so that's true. That. I actually, I would th- I yeah, that is definitely true. I, I, yeah, the clock is running, you know? Yeah. I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate that I can travel as much as I do. Um, but part of me is like, you know, especially now, it's really important to see my girls as much as possible. And right. their their mother is great about it. Like and and I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but 
just know that their mother if anyone cares their mother's great <laughs> right so that's wonderful and like i don't know the, where i struggle is because it's obviously my situation is pretty different but it's like in theory I'm, i tell myself well i'm doing all these things not because i'm addicted to work but because i'm trying to get a great future for them right like, right the better the company does the better they do and so i got to keep working and hustling and all yeah. these things but it's like you can't, and it's the same with retirement. Right? You can't say, "Well, I'm just going to save every dollar until I retire," and then you're 97. Okay, I'm going to retire now and use all my accrued millions. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, you have to be spending that time, right? Like you have to, or money, or whatever it is. Like at some point, you have to be saying, "Okay, I've done this so that I can give my kids a great life. Let me start giving it to well, them, and also and yourself a great life too." I mean, yeah, yeah, fuck me. But that's the <laughs> that's, but that's the stressful part. It's like I'm traveling all the time. I'm doing it for the family, but like I got to spend out there. It's like, I don't think my kids are neglected, but Lauren was telling me, um, she actually didn't remember which daughter it was. And then neither daughter remembered which daughter it was. So that was fun. <laughs> but, um, when I was away in this Austin trip and I was away again, 15 hours. Right. Um, and you work from home too. Come on. Like you're right, there right. all so the time. Like, they were having breakfast. And one of my girls says, I'm sad. I wish I know why daddy isn't here, but I just, I just wish you could be here for breakfast before I went to school. And like, they weren't crying. They weren't, you know, it wasn't like a tragedy or thing, but it's like, I'm sad. And so what I always say to them is, look, you know, I do travel for work sometimes, but I do get to see you all the time because I work from home and you get more time with me than a lot of kids get with their dads because of, you know, many dads have to go commute somewhere to work and I don't. Right. Um, but like, spring 2015 not true my guess is they see me as often as their uh, friends see their dads just because when you add up all the traveling that i had to be doing it it works out maybe even worse in my favor but but i think that the thing is is and now we're going to go to the kind of i'm taking a turn here to the serious one of the things about this kind of new world where dads work from home a lot or can work remotely is that it's given us this time with our children that my, my dad never had you know, yeah. and I've, we've, I've said that a billion times on this show, and I'll probably say it a billion more, that I've, I've done stuff, you know, I've been to the most trivial things at my girl's school that my father never came to. My mom didn't come to some of them, even. I was just like, oh, parents are here for this thing? Uh, whatever. Anyway, I'm just going to do my part or whatever it is and move on. Right. And I almost always go to the school show. Right, almost exactly. Like, like, I was really lucky this last trip because I got to see the choir singing and, you know. Did I talk about yeah. that? I think I talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. You did. They rocked it. They did. She did. It was awesome. Anyway, um, we've got this situation where we're spending all this time with our kids that our, you know, maybe our parents didn't, or our fathers especially didn't spend with us. And so it's a, it's more acute for us when we have to be like a little more, quote, normal. Like, you know, most fathers don't get this. Most fathers are gone from whatever in the morning. Some some fathers have to commute and they, they're gone at like 6.30 or 6 even. Right. And they don't come back till six, six thirty, seven, and then it's like okay, I have maybe what an hour, two hours if your kids are young, with my kids, and then the whole thing starts over. And you know, as I don't know, I just say don't be so hard on yourself. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Don't be so hard because you're there most of the time. You're you're I'm a trying. school stuff. I'm trying. I appreciate that, and I think probably you're right. But it's like the intellectual part of it isn't enough. Sometimes. I know. You just, you I just know. Feel, I don't know because they do get sad every time I go. Well, and the rule that I have is we have to be in contact every day. 
Right. So sometimes it's FaceTime. Sometimes it might be like I send them a video and they send me a video. Sometimes just I send a video because uh, it's nice. also annoying, right? If you're the mom alone with the kids and you have to coordinate the FaceTime, especially if time zones come into play, like I'm trying to get all three kids dressed for school and out and you want to FaceTime at breakfast, but I've also got to make lunches. Like mm-hmm. screw you, Lex. Like she's right. not saying in any kind of mean way ever, but it's like, no, I, I can't. What do you want from no, me? But you're understanding. You're not being an asshole. Right. No, of course not. But it's like, I'm also like, and I, so I try and like occasionally there are days where we don't have interaction. I try not not to stress out about it. Like I send a video and I see it's only delivered and it never takes over to red. I'm like, well, the kids definitely didn't see that one. Well, um, yeah. but you're right. You're right. It's, I don't have to beat myself up over it. And my kids do get a lot of Lexi time, but it's hard. It is hard. It is hard, but it's a new kind of hard. I think that's what I'm getting at too. Is that, yeah, it's just, it's like, wait, we've had all this time to be with our kids and see all this stuff. And then when we have to go away to do dad stuff, work and whatnot, then it becomes a whole other thing. I remember having this sensation when I was working for a software company right after Lita was born. I was working at the software company. And a lot of the, I mean, you know, in Utah, you marry at 20 and you have like 14 kids. So by the time you're 40, your kids are start. you're starting the like, okay, well, you know, Billy and Jenny moved out of, and they're in college already. And like our last kids are, you know, coming up. Their whole world is like, I want to spend as much time away from them as I can because they're horrible teenagers. And so... And I'm just, you know, that's a composite situation there. Um, right. But, you know, I was like, oh, my baby, my new baby is the most beautiful baby in the world. She's awesome. I love her so much. And having a newborn kid was like the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm super proud. But I was much older starting at my start. You know, it's my mid-30s when I started. And technically, probably my very upper mid-30s. So very <laughs> different than most folks in Utah. And most yeah. people at the company. Um, fortunately, my boss actually they adopted, and he was older, so he kind of understood. But um, it was just it was just uh, really strange because I'm like, okay, um, you know, especially with the postpartum depression that happened, it was like I gotta go, guys. Like I I I you know I got a situation here, and I, I don't want to be apart from my baby because I don't know what's going on, and it's driving me crazy, and you know, and I think. Uh, her mother could use the help. So I'm going to go be with my kid. Um, and I didn't do it as much as I hoped and as much as I wanted to, but I tried. But the yeah. point is, is that most of the guys looked at me like I was nuts, except oh, for there were people who had gone through the experience that I was going through. And they were like, right. listen, dude, it's tough, but you can get through it. And here's some things. And it, you know, I had a couple of people reach out to me. They were awesome, but it was really strange because I felt like, wait, I'm in a foreign new land where, most men don't ex- like this is a new territory for a lot of these dudes like a guy who wants to be with his kids or who wants to be with his kid and who would put that above you know working 27 more hours on this project yeah right that's definitely not the way of man past i guess at the end of the day what i'm thinking here is nothing you've said is wrong uh, I'm not going to stop I'm never feeling wrong. shitty when I travel for, I know I'm not going to stop feeling shitty when I travel for work. Uh, and it's, you do, it's important to think in these, you know, there's all different variations on this story, but it's important to think about end game stuff from time to time. Yeah. Like you have to be yeah. giving some thought to, I'm doing this for this reason. Right. And here's how I'm going to make sure exactly. that I'm, I'm availing myself or taking advantage of whatever the hell it is I'm doing this for. Right. Um, cause I certainly travel more than my dad ever did. And, 
Um, like I, it's funny because when it's your own life, you know, everybody, you're the star of your own story. Right. And it's like, you know, well, I travel for sometimes when I'm, I'm mostly home. Right. But you know, from my kid's perspective, you look at their, you know, just the length of their lives, Liam's four. So for him, the percentage of time I'm away is a much larger factor of his life. than it is for me, like I'm always around. Fuck it. I'm, I'm around right. like Friedman hundred percent of the time. Right. Um, so you got know. You're right. But I still, I'm not going to stop feeling bad. You can't, you can't make me and I, won't. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I mean, I'm not no, going to stop can't. you from feeling bad. Good. I actually, I, I actually should really try to make you feel worse as a, <laughs> it was just as part of my responsibility as, you know, first of all, a co-host and second, uh, just as a man in, in like a worse situation, not a worse situation, but a different, like more difficult situation yeah. who also carries a great deal of, uh, <sighs> yeah, angst. Why didn't you guys let me say anything? Sorry, John Waltz. Next time. You can talk. Mm. You can talk <laughs> I was trying to like bring some of him to this and I, it's hard. Like he's just, he comes in at the right time with just the right thing. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think my Maltz impression is really good. It's, yeah. What if he's like seven, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not seven. Well, that was fun, John. I mean, it, sure. it was different. It was different. It was and, you and I bonding. Yeah. Healing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Definitely a lot of hugging and learning right now. <laughs>